Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, July 31st, 2021. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? This is take two uh, of this episode. We did take one about 30 seconds before you're hearing this. I started recording and I look over at the laptop and something looks fishy and I realize that... Uh, my microphone was turned off. So that's that's a problem historically, traditionally, unequivocally. Uh, so this is take two. Uh, we are coming to you live on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning, rain is falling, Rune 5 style. No, it's actually a very pleasant, warm summer day. The last day of July, it's 8.30 in the morning, and uh, figured I'd come out here, I'd get you all started. Maybe maybe if you go to the early church service, you listen to us on the way home. If you're snoozing, you go to the late church service, you get us on the way there. It works either way. And I was having this thought, uh, and I'll mention my name's Quinn Furness. This is my show. I'm the host creator, key grip on this show, line production assistant, all that good stuff. I was thinking about this earlier, speaking of church, you know, so I was at, I was at a Catholic mass, Spanish Catholic mass last week, and, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, I was uh, at uh, another Catholic mass, both funerals, but I'm thinking, you know, oh, look, everyone knows the church is dwindling, they're having problems, they're not attracting the younger generations, and so, the, you know, the church that we would sometimes going to growing up sort of a, a baby mega church. They, they were kind of on the right track. They were introducing some real, you know, banging tunes, some rock songs, you know, that sort of thing to really get you going a quality lights show. But the Catholics really haven't, they haven't gotten there yet. They're still doing the same thing. Here's what young people don't like. They don't like predictability. And when you're talking Catholic Mass, it's all predictability because it's the same thing over and over again. You do the, you know, the call and response sort of thing. You do the peace be with you sort of thing. You do the reading from the gospel. And then when it's done, you say... You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want in unison or something like that. And then you do, uh, my least favorite part of church, Catholic or not, is the old peace be with you thing. When I was a kid going to non-denominational church, they, they, you know, they didn't call it that. But you have to turn around and shake hands and say, you know, peace be with you or blessings or, hey, you catch that game last night? That sort of conversation. And then you do uh, communion, and this is this is where you know I, in the in the the span of the mass, this is where I really started to formulate this idea. So Catholic, the Catholic Church, I'm throwing you some bones here, some ideas for how you might be able to spice things up, attract some younger kids, and you don't have to be cringe with it. You don't have to do TikTok videos and stuff. You don't need dancing nuns. Or a face, funny face filter on Pope Francis. No, you, there's some simple tweaks we can make. 
And I'm thinking, okay, number one, the bread, the tiny little wafer cracker they give you, it's terrible. It's quite literally like eating styrofoam. I honestly imagine that if you gave me actual styrofoam in that exact same shape, as thin as it is, it would pretty much be the same thing. It, I imagine it doesn't dissolve quite as well with your saliva, but these crackers, they give you bush leak. We need artisanal bread. Freshly loafed, freshly baked. And speaking of freshly baked, not a bad idea to maybe have some uh, specialty infused uh you know, peace offerings. Maybe instead of peace be with you and just shaking hands, maybe we could exchange TCH pills. I don't know. I think I would have a much, much more relaxed time at church if I had a little something, something. Also mentioned two things. One, listener discretion is advised when we're recording this show. Uh, two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Uh, and then the second thing, so it was really one, one thing with two parts and then the second thing has just one part. This is week three of our U.S. State's power rankings, and we will get to that shortly, I promise. It's it's 8.30 in the morning. I, I have my cup of coffee in hand. I actually haven't had a sip yet, and so I'm just just waking up here, just getting going. Rachel's at a workout, uh, and we're, we live together now for the last eight days, um, which is exciting, and yeah. Getting used to all that. We have a new uh, dining room table, a kitchen table. If anyone wants my IKEA coffee table, I'm trying to sell it. Getting a lot of bites, but it's, you know, I think it's mostly. I've definitely had some bites that are real people, and I think most of the bites are bots, bot bites. So just trying to get this coffee table out of here so we can build a new one. We rearranged our bedroom last night, a whole feng shui sort of thing. Marie Kondo would be so happy. Oh, I know she's not really feng shui as much as she's like minimalism. Let me get my coffee here. But going back to the church. Okay, so we've talked TCH. We've talked artisanal loafs. 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 And when we're talking wine, look, I don't need anything fancy. And, you know, I've, I've had... Wines at at communion, Catholic or otherwise, that are bad. Wines that are okay. Never had a good wine. So I'm thinking, hey, you know, at least like barefoot, right? Barefoot or a step above. Let's say you know you go go to Aldi, get Winking Owl. It's usually like two eighty nine. Here's my biggest problem. You go up there, you're getting a little sip, or you're getting a little cup along with your tiny little cracker. Look, we're going to Mass. Oftentimes, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. No one had breakfast beforehand. We're hungry. Okay, we're hungry for spiritual food, but more importantly, we're hungry for real food. And maybe, okay, so let me finish this thought and then backtrack. Not backtrack, but just add something else. We need full glasses or at least half pours. You know, they used to do the five for five at the Whole Foods on uh, Fullerton Parkway there before that shut down. But they would give you, you know, there's five different stops and you get five half pours. Let's do that. Okay, and then to add to that, so that's Sunday morning, right? Wine, bread, that's good. But a lot of people go to Catholic Mass on Saturday night. 
And what do you like to do on Saturday night? Well, a lot a lot of things depending on your your flavor. But who doesn't love a charcuterie board? Okay, we got to, you know, it's biblical. There's a lot of lambs, sheep. You get you get some lamb cheese and you can get you can cut off a a quarter, cut off a leg. You don't have to kill the whole thing, just cut off a leg and you get some nice thinly sliced lamb. For your Saturday night masses, look if you're if you're new to a city, okay, let's let's envision this scenario. You're new to a city. You're looking to get involved in your community. You're looking for a spiritual connection. What says that better than hey, wine, cheese, fresh lamb, artisanal loaves, artisanal loafs? Come join us at. St. Justin's the Immaculate, Saturday nights, 5 p.m. It's basically like pre-gaming, but also with Jesus. Okay, and before any of the Catholics come at me, dude, Jesus was the pre-game master. Jesus was, he multi, he, he turned water into wine at a wedding. That's uh, badass. And then later on, there was fish and bread in limited quantities, five fish, three bread, and he kept the party going. So don't talk to me about, oh, Jesus wouldn't want it this way. No, Jesus was a party master. Uh, other things that the, the Catholic Church can do. I like the rock music at the start. I like the light show. I think Heartland Community Church had it right. Guitar solos encouraged. What What we don't want and this is not any sort of personal attack, but I have to say it. Uh, and I haven't watched the stream. You know, during the pandemic, I was all into watching church streams. I would watch the Scott Farrell, Cherry Valley Methodist stream, rest in peace. And then I would watch the Rock Church stream, which is one of the non-denominational churches we went to growing up. And the Rock Church music, not a personal attack, but man, Marty Pierce just doesn't bring the energy doesn't have the band leader qualities you want he's not a uh he's not a uh what's his name from queen you know he's not a brian may who's not the lead singer that i'm trying to think of a freddie mercury you know he's not a getty lee there's not a lot of uh sammy hagar in him even he just kind of stands there at the keyboard doesn't have the strong voice and that's so that's Blueprint for what the Catholics should avoid. I try not to sit here on my couch on a Sunday morning while he's probably singing right now and call out names. He's doing his best, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. But if you're looking for a blueprint for Catholic Mass, go check out Heartland Community Church, which is something else now. It's you know rebranded, you know merged with other churches, whatever, so it doesn't exist. Uh, other things the Catholics can do. No one really wants to just walk around and shake hands. So maybe if there was a photo booth, maybe you you go into a photo booth and take some pics. No one wants to just walk around and say peace be with you and you know you feel like you're a zombie. But what does everyone love? Drinks, dancing, photo booth, fun. You could even have the you know the pre you know you you put on silly costumes. You could have the priest robes, the choir boys, the uh, altar boys. Speaking of like weird titles, at Rock Church growing up, the pe- the like volunteer people who would you know 
hand out bulletin, bulletins as you're walking into the sanctuary. They'd be called the elders. And I know we're still many steps away from like some weird, like Handmaid's Tale post-apocalyptic kind of society, but I feel like the term elders is just like halfway there, kind of spooky. Always male, always white, just a little bit too close, huh? Uh, there's other things that the Catholic Church can do. I'm not going to give you my whole blueprint for that. You would have to uh, subscribe to our paid plan, right? That's how that's how we make money these days. Or you can just email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com, and I'd love to share a couple more tips with you. I would have more tips for you, but one, I want to get into our states here, and two, I didn't actually write any of this down. It was just off the top of my head. And I will say, a little teaser for the future, uh, I have been diligently writing down sort of notes, things that pop into my head for uh, future iterations of the Beantown podcast, future episodes, if you will. Uh, There's definitely some things that I want to talk about, at least one full episode idea. Uh, So there's some good stuff coming up. I've even been writing down some sketch ideas, and then I have a separate note for my 2022 2023 career goals which i have to do by september 1st have to have a meeting with my manager we have to discuss them which is just my least favorite thing i've never really been like the oh let's like write down these things and it's not that i'm not a goal-oriented person it's just the way they make you do it in my job it just feels so i don't know like we're just writing things down just to write things down. And the worst part about it too, and I understand the reasoning behind this, all about like advancement and growth mindset, but in my position, they make you write down at least three new goals a year, which doesn't sound crazy. You know, if you're, if you're jumping from one job to another every two or three years, it's like, okay, yeah, like new things, fresh faces, whatever. But I'm in a job where, yeah, I'm taking on some new things each year, but A, it's not that many, like, big picture, and two, how, uh, it's hard to predict. You know, you don't sit down in August and say, okay, in May I'm going to be taking on this. Like, we don't know that yet. We got new staffing. Things are moving around. So my point is I've had, like, 10 different goals now, like three a year, uh, up to this point, now I have to come up with three new ones, and they have, they can't be related to the ones I previously had, which is essentially saying like, okay, so more or less you were doing like ten things previously. Now that you're going to be doing thirteen things, and that I only have so many hours in my day. Okay. Anyways, that's that's what it is. Uh, you didn't want to hear me talk about all that stuff. You came here for our week three installment. We're right in the middle. Three out of five. Hard to believe that after this we're half over halfway done. Of our Beantown podcast 50 state power rankings. So I will just ever so quickly give you a rundown of where we've been in the past. Thank you to all who've listened so far. Also thank you to our friends in Pakistan. Hyderabad, Islamabad, Khyber Pass. What's up? How are you? And hello to all my other friends as well. Because Beantown is international. Beantown International, that could be our charity wing. 
Maybe I should maybe I should become one of those charities that goes to a place like Haiti or something for a week and gets a bunch of white teenagers to take pictures and get Instagram likes and then leave and leave the community in a worse place than when you found it. I feel like I'd really fit in with a certain crowd if I did that. Okay. So working on my coffee here. Thanks for bearing with me. Number 50. Going back to two weeks ago, Alabama, 49, Mississippi, 48, Louisiana, 47, Arkansas, 46, South Carolina, 45, Florida, 44, Texas, 43, Missouri. Then last week, we did 42, South Dakota, 40, or excuse me, 42, North Dakota, 41, South Dakota, uh, 40, Indiana, 39, Kentucky, 38, Idaho, 37, Montana, 36, although, you know, Idaho and Montana could have been higher up. They're beautiful, but there's just not that much else going on. So it's great to be a tourist, uh, a white tourist. Uh, 36, Wyoming, 35, Nebraska, 34, Kansas, 33, Oklahoma, 32, Delaware. Last thing I'll say before we jump back in here is I got a lot of flack this past week on family vacation from uh, for putting Delaware 32, and I thought that was awfully generous. I don't know if you know how many listeners on this show have been to Delaware and we we talked about it when we ranked it because it was the last thing we ranked. But it's just uh, is not much going on there. Okay, you got some Wawas, you got no sales tax, and then you got a lot of farms, both like the Amish kind as well as like the white Trump kind. You got a lot of uh, just skeevy drugs kind of things in Wilmington. A lot of banks. And I'm uh, just not feeling that Delaware deserves anything above 32. Okay, I think it was generous to put it that high. Also, a lot of uh, a lot of just random family members, not really random, but family members asking for shout outs on the Bean Town podcast saying, "Hey, are we going to be on the sh- the show this week? Hey, can I get a shout out?" And I'm like, "I I don't know. Do you have something you want to share or you just want to come on and be goofy cuz this is a pretty uh this is a this is a serious show, okay?" We don't do a lot of hijinks. I come in with a plan every week. I know exactly what I want to say. Things are very time stamped out, planned far and ahead, years in advance at times. But no, shout out to to uh, family vacation last week. I don't I don't didn't keep track of who wanted a shout out and who doesn't really give two fucks. But uh, shout out to Auntie Anna. Shout out to to Jane. Shout out to Steve, Walt, Kelly, Jack, Nicole, Abby, Ellie, Stefano. Uh, am I missing anyone? Oh, Dave, Sal, Scott, Stacy, Rachel. Rachel was actually hanging around right, uh, right before we started recording. I had my finger on the record button. She almost came on. We were this close. It's a, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna happen living together. She's going to want to jump on. Just wait, wait till we get some good topics here. I could do a Love Island recap, although I can't actually do that because they air it five nights a week. I think they only don't air it on like Saturdays and Tuesdays or something like that. And so there's no way I could keep up. That's why Housewives of Salt Lake City works better. Oh, last thing I'll mention here, and then we're going to jump into our states, I promise, just because we haven't really touched on it. Uh, well, Real Houses of Salt Lake City, I think, is still filming for season three. They've got to be close to you know being done soon. But um, Jen Shaw, the one day before she was scheduled to appear in court for her plea hearing or excuse me, not for her plea hearing, for her um, 
I don't know. Oh, it was the last. It was it was one day before her final day to submit a plea. She did submit a plea. She pled guilty, and she was the last person, last of the like seven or eight co-defendants or whatever to go through with it. And so I think her sentencing date is in October, which kind of feels far away. But also tomorrow's August first. Shout out to my dad and my mom. Happy anniversary. Excuse me. I think this is 35. It's pretty good. 35 years. Solid. Anyways, uh, so Jen Shaw is going to be going to prison, most likely. And hopefully for a couple years. So that's coming up in October. At some point, it's her sentencing. October like 21st or something like that. And I'm not really sure what's going on with Stu Chains. We really haven't gotten a lot of... You know, Jen Shaw gets all the national buzz and stuff. And if you sometimes, if you want things on Stuart Smith, you have to like legal, like physically go find the legal documents and stuff. And it's a little bit, I just don't have time for that. And I'm not as good at searching for that sort of thing. Okay, this category of states called beloved by some, but some problems. Almost a palindrome. Okay, coming in at number. 31, this might send some shockwaves, and we don't really have much of a listener base here, but if, if we did, they would probably be pissed off. We're just hopping across the uh, the border there from, from Delaware, more or less. New Jersey. New Jersey coming in at 31. I have never liked New Jersey, and it's probably one of those states, if you're from the East Coast, where you'd probably just naturally put it higher in your rankings, but it just doesn't work for me. Like... So let's just kind of work our way through it here. You go, starting in the south, you're in Philly. You go across the river, the Delaware, and then you are in uh, Camden, New Jersey. And it's just like factories and kind of run down and crime-ridden. And so that that's kind of your first taste in New Jersey. You're going on a scenic run across the Ben Franklin Bridge, and you get there, and you're like, oh, why did I do that? Good question. And South Jersey is just kind of, there's not much else going on there. Okay, let's talk Jersey Shore. Never been to the Jersey Shore. Obviously, we, we are aware of the television show. But it just, I mean, I'm not going to say like, hey, it's not fun. As far as like the Northeast goes, it's probably like your best your best beaches. Jersey Shore or um, Atlantic City, Maryland, or Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. You know, it's it it is what it is. Kind of kitschy, kind of family family fun oriented. And then you get outside of uh, you get outside of New York City, there, Newark, Hoboken, and it's just kind of like it's just kind of. Like Chicago suburbs, honestly, not terrible, but just a whole lot of people, really bad traffic, always traffic. New Jersey's most densely populated state in the Union. There's just so many people. Look, you're going to have some quaint towns like Princeton, cute little like downtown area, and that's not all bad. But then you go to North Jersey, and it's just like Amish farms again. And I just feel like New Jersey, I, I personally don't really care for like a lot of traffic and being feeling crowded and people are not as nice in Jersey. 
So because of that, it comes in at number 31. And I feel pretty confident about it. I took a I took a long, hard list at what we had left. Long, hard list. A long, hard look at the list of things we had left uh, right before I started because I hadn't revisited it in a week. And uh, New Jersey didn't shift around. It's uh, I trusted my gut on this one. Okay, coming in at number 30, this is about as high as I could let this thing go. Iowa. There's not much to say. Iowa is pretty much agriculture, cornfields. And then the occasional town, that's okay, not terrible, not great. Uh, I do like Des Moines. Uh, and uh, I, I really uh, had a nice, have, have had nice times in both Cedar Rapids and Iowa City as well in the east. Iowa is just very quintessential Midwest. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty red. It's pretty Republican. But when I've been in Iowa, I've never quite gotten this sense sort of the, the chaotic sort of Republican sense or just like the very aggressive Republican kind of thing. There's plenty of people who hold those values, but they're so spread out in the corn. You don't really notice them. And Des Moines is, is a really pleasant town. I wouldn't mind living in Des Moines. Rachel would never go for it, and that's okay. But, you know, it's uh, I was cool because it's like you can bop up to the Twin Cities, you bop over to Chicago, you bop down to Kansas City, and uh, you're never, never super close to anything, never super far, and that's okay, you know. So it's I, I couldn't let it go any higher than thirty. You know, for most people, that's probably pretty generous already. But uh, I think I think people are kind. It's quintessential Midwest, uh, and there's just really nothing about Iowa that I really hate. There's nothing that's uh, going to stand out getting into the top 29, but nothing that I really hate. So there you go for all our Iowa listeners. Uh, I hope I hope you're you're pleasantly surprised by 30. Okay, number 29 and 28, we've got a pair here, and yes, they have plenty of differences, but I'm not well versed enough to to parse through them. Number 29 is going to be Connecticut. Number 28, Rhode Island, and mostly would probably flip flop those. Go Rhode Island first and Connecticut. So they have similar issues to Jersey in that they're very crowded. A lot of people. Um, but, you know, I had I had a nice time. I was in Connecticut and uh, Rhode Island both in late 2020, October of 2020. I distinctly recall a couple of things from both of them. So Rhode Island, I stayed in Providence. I'd never really you know, done anything in Providence before. And granted, I didn't see much, but I woke up like 5 a.m., ran around the Roger Williams Zoo and back and still made it to uh, Manhattan in time for family chat. That's that's commitment. But I got lost on my run. It was a little chilly. And uh, I can't. I probably had my phone. I think I, you know, I, it wasn't like, oh God, I'm I'm totally screwed. What happened was I was just kind of running through the park and, kind of got off my intended route because I saw some cool things. And next thing I know, I just kept running. And all of a sudden, I exited the park, and I'm on the other side of the zoo. And I was like, how did I get here? And that's pretty much running like 10% of Rhode Island distance-wise. It's just a little guy, just a real tiny guy. I don't really understand how it got its name. Let's learn. Road with a H is a very like 
British thing, I think. Rhode Island name. Excuse me. The name... Well, burping. The name. This state was named by Dutch explorer Adrian Block. Wouldn't have taken Adrian Block for a Dutch name. He named it Root Island, spelled R-O-O-D-T. Oh, three O's. No, two O's. Pretty far away from my computer screen here. R-O-O-D-T space I, excuse me, E-Y-L-A-N-D-T, meaning Red Island in reference to the red clay that lined the shore. The name was later anglicized when the region came under British rule. But why would he call it an island? What, where, what did he see that said, oh, this is surrounded by water? Anyways, one thing that I really didn't get to spend time on in Rhode Island that I would have loved to, and we're actually going out of order here. I was supposed to do Connecticut first, but that's okay. Um, is uh, the, kind of the, the shoreline. Really beautiful uh, Newport, Rhode Island, right? Um, a lot of sailing. I think those towns would be really nice. Nice New England towns. And I, I do kind of like that vibe, you know? Close to the ocean. You go swimming in the summer. Otherwise, you just enjoy the water, kind of like uh, Manchester by the Sea, which I think is in Massachusetts, which we'll get to later. Uh, so that's Rhode Island. Connecticut is uh, known for one kind of being like a suburb of New York. Two, you have uh, Yale, which is a New Haven, which is a really bizarre town. Like half of it is Yale and then half of it is like really low class really like white trash a lot of crime it's a really bizarre kind of thing and then you have the rest of Connecticut which is uh, really beautiful i was i was lucky enough to be there in fall and got some great colors of the leaves changing uh, so it's a lot of you know a lot of farms otherwise but still kind of still kind of densely densely populated once you get away from kind of or densely populated in sort of the, the coastline, the New York suburb kind of feel, that sort of thing. But you get away from that, it's more like Western Massachusetts, upstate New York. And it is beautiful. I liked it. Known for crazy drivers. I was lucky enough when I was in Connecticut to not really experience that. But the one night that I stayed in Connecticut, it was an Airbnb, and it was a house that had multiple different rooms rented out, different reservations. But I'll never forget it. It used to be a dentist office. And I literally, I probably still have a picture on my phone, literally stayed in a bedroom that had like a sink and kitchen cabinets and then just a bed. It was wild, man. But I had my apple cider. I had my apple cider donuts. I got I got those from a farm in Connecticut. And uh, yeah, it was, I had a pleasant time. I watched Sunday night football. It was great. That's one of my my favorite things. I'm going to finish up Connecticut here. I'm going to get a refill on my coffee. Is when you're traveling, you know, for me for work, and you've like had a long travel day or you've done something, and then you get to just relax and watch like Sunday night football. You eat something good, something new you've never tried. You're sitting on your bed there. You're real comfy. Because the best part is you get to eat, you get to watch football, and then when you're ready, you just fall asleep. It's amazing. Great feeling. Looking forward to getting that back. I don't like to travel on Sundays if I don't have to. Sometimes you have to. 
Okay, so that was Connecticut and Rhode Island. Uh, let's hear from our sponsors ever so briefly. Then I'm going to get a coffee refill. Then we're going to come back. We have maybe one, two, three. We have seven more to get through. Okay, so thank you to our sponsors out there at Home Pride Oregon. We need your, you need your home inspected. You want to trust the experts. Someone safe, certified, and doubly insured. Oh, that sounds like my dad. Yeah, his name's Steve. Don't forget it, 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideoregon.com. Inspection perfection. Our good friends at Cuts by Q, probably going to need a little cut at some point here, but probably not before Hawaii. I want that flow in case I get asked to you know, be in a point break remake. I want to have a good flow. When you need a fresh, juice, something snappy, new, call the experts at Cuts by Q and our good friends at the Samsung Q2U series. If you want crisp, clean, clear audio quality that, that you can trust, trust what the Catholic masses trust when they're going through first judges. No, just regular judges, first chronicles. Uh, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. We were talking about Samson and Delilah on one of the recent streams, Ryan Ligon and Chris in English, about a week ago. Dude, Delilah must have been a total babe. Like 10 out of 10 babe. We've probably talked about that at some point in the last 240 episodes of the Beantown Podcast. Okay. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with number 27, where we're going to be jumping back to uh, the Midwest. Although some people don't call it Midwest. I think it definitely is Midwest. We will be right back. And we're back. Freshly uh, topped off cup of coffee. I listened. I was out for about two minutes. I listened to the uh, Death Cab first single from Asphalt Meadows, Roman Candles, because the first line goes, it's been a battle just to wake and greet the great week. Uh, God, can't speak. That's not what they say. Here's what they say. It's been a battle just to wake and greet the day, then it all disappears like sugar in my coffee. Although I don't put sugar in my coffee, so it's not actually relevant. Uh. Let's jump back in here. Uh, I had something else I was going to say, and I completely forgot. Number 27, Ohio. John Kasich country, baby. Ohio is fine. It's getting worse. It's getting more Trumpy. And it's really weird. I don't quite understand it. Like, I don't, I don't have a great grasp on Ohio in general. A lot of it is kind of quintessential Midwestern, plenty of agriculture, plenty of farms, plenty of small and mid-sized cities. And then you got the three, the three bigger cities. And even, even after the three bigger cities, you've got some like second-tier cities that are sizable, like Akron, Dayton, Toledo. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people in Ohio. But the three cities I don't, I don't really understand. You've got Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. So Cleveland, we all know terrible rap, whatever. It's earned, okay? We've spent a whole episode on the show dedicated to Cleveland before. I, don't let me get into it. Okay, my blood pressure is probably high enough from the turkey burger I had last night. But it's just kind of icky. It's got a lot of issues. It's probably pretty blue. But it's also like working class, Rust Belt, Pittsburgh-ish which, you know, can be blue, but can be red as well. There's, like, different subsects of of both. Then you go down to Columbus, huge city, like a million people. I don't really have an understanding of Columbus. 
it might be it's kind of like Indianapolis. It's just one of those like big cities that doesn't really have a lot of like cultural nationwide like cultural relevance or identities. I'm sure if you live there, you know plenty of things about it and you like it, but it's got one sports team, the Blue Jackets, which are one of the worst historically worst NHL franchises. You got the Columbus Crew, but I don't think people really care that much about MLS. And then it's it's basically like Ohio State. It's just like Ohio State in my mind is like half of Columbus. It's pro- definitely not that much, but Ohio State's big. And then you go down Cincinnati. Kind of also like Rust Belty. Cincinnati is across the river from Kentucky, close to West Virginia. It's an interesting place. I've never had bad experiences in Cincinnati. Like, I th- I think honestly, like, that's kind of more Cincinnati is almost more like my cut of people than almost anywhere else. But um, I don't really have a good beat on it. It's pretty. Uh, it's also kind of like run down and old, blue collar. Not altogether different from uh, other cities like Kansas City. Anyways. So that's that's Cincinnati. That's Ohio, number 27. I really don't have a ton to say. It's just kind of it's just kind of Ohio. Not terrible, not great. And that's what gets you in, in spot 27. Uh, number 26, one that probably people are going to have a lot higher on their list. And I, I this is one where... You know, I try not to have a lot of like, oh, in hindsight, I would have done this, but I could have put it higher. Number 26 is Arizona. Arizona is pretty. Um, You know, starting outside of Phoenix, I've never really, I've never been to Tucson, but I've heard Tucson is really cool and it looks really nice, like a kind of a a classic, like, you know, Western town, not, not like West Coast, but like Western town, if you will. And then you go north, Sedona gorgeous flagstaff i found to be kind of like a little bit run down but not bad still still solid and then grand canyon anything up there monument valley which i didn't get to go to because it's just close to four corners middle of nowhere but all that is really great beautiful hiking cool wildlife shrubs the uh, mojave desert Western part of the state. And then you get to Phoenix. And I know there's a lot of people who live there now. Phoenix metro area is becoming a big thing. Glendale, Scottsdale, Tempe. T-E-M-P, Tempe. But it's just, it kind of is reminiscent of Houston in terms of how it's laid out. It's just huge. You're driving for hours. Traffic is getting really bad. They don't have public uh, transportation infrastructure. And so I know plenty of people who are like out living in, you know, the Phoenix suburbs. I have an aunt in Gilbert. I have family on on Rachel's side who lives in, uh, I can't remember if it's Chandler. Actually, my aunt might live in Chandler. I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, like Scottsdale. Uh, And the thing with that is like, I I could have fun visiting there, but just living there, the heat, I know it's okay. It's everyone always says it. I get it. Oh, it's a dry heat. But it's still really hot. You have to like live your life or organize your life around like, okay, there are certain things we can't do from like nine AM to seven PM. And I hate that. Because in Chicago, 
even when it's really hot, that doesn't completely prevent me from like going out for a little bit midday. Yeah, it's going to be hot. You're going to sweat your buns off, but it's like, it's not, you can still just kind of do it and you'll be okay if you manage it. Whereas Phoenix is like, no, you can't, it's not going to work. Let's look at, I, I pulled up Scottsdale weather. So the highs here starting today, 100, 104, 105, 105, 104, 100, 101, but rain, and then 100. So that just doesn't, it doesn't sound nice. I don't know. I don't think I would really want to live there, but I understand it. It's beautiful. Okay, coming in at number 25, we are halfway through 50. Number 25, couldn't, couldn't get this one any higher, but it gets, it gets a lot of hate just because it gets paired with other states in the South, North Carolina, which is much less a, a Southern identity and much more of a mid-Atlantic identity, similar to Virginia, Maryland, and almost even Jersey. North Carolina is a lot of people. North Carolina is probably what, like the, I don't know, eighth or ninth most populous state in the union. Uh, I haven't spent much time in Charlotte, but I've enjoyed it when I have gone. Uh, there's some great, like, combination of beaches and preserved nature uh, out along the shoreline and you get to go west into the great smoky mountains and that's you know that's like that's a fun thing to visit again probably wouldn't want to live there full time but it is beautiful really good hiking people are it's as you know it's a little bit more southern but it's not it's not like backcountry hicks if you will it's like people are i think they just have a little bit better head on their shoulders if you will and then of course you get the great basketball programs duke unc nc state that's good stuff it's fun to watch it's an electric atmosphere uh north carolina probably wouldn't Make make my top five in terms of places like oh yeah I think I would want to live there someday, but it's not bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate myself if I got relocated to North Carolina, which I'll never work a job where like oh you're getting relocated. But if that if I did work a job like that, it's not bad. I don't have that much to say about it, um, good or bad. I just think it's a solid place. It gets lumped in with some less than solid states. But it kind of holds its own. I think it's I think it's a nice place. Good blend of nature, excuse me, people, agriculture. It's not terrible. Okay, that's North Carolina. Coming in at uh, number twenty four here, just hopping across the border, we go to Virginia. Virginia is a place where I have spent lots of time. Virginia is for lovers. Virginia is interesting. You start in the if you just start in the south across the border from North Carolina, it's just going to be a lot of farms. It's going to be pretty wide open. Uh, the eastern shore of Virginia, pretty nice. You know, you get you get some things like Virginia Beach that are very like like Atlantic City. Uh, you know, you got the boardwalk. It's family friendly. The carnival, but not a you know, it's a little bit touristy, but not a terrible place to just hang out. The interesting thing about Virginia is you can go out to the Delmarva Peninsula and it occupies the southern little finger out there. That bridge driving from whatever it is, uh, is it like Newport News uh, or Norfolk 
across that bridge. Um, what, what is that? I don't know the name of the road. Is it 12 that does that? Uh, but that's that's crazy, man. It's like 25 miles on the water or something like that across the opening of the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, I've done that once. It wasn't my favorite because at times you're just like the road. It, it's not really like at a you know an elevated bridge. It's just like we're just on like the water level, and it's like, well, what happens if sea levels rise? A little spooky. And then there are times there's a couple tunnels where you go underneath the water for a while. It's like, well, what if these get flooded with water? Uh, I'm sure these are things they they've thought of, and it's a technological marvel, a great feat, but. It's a little spooky. And then you go to Western Virginia, and uh, it's really really picturesque. It's like, think of the Civil War, like, settings. That's what that's what Western Virginia is like. Uh, Antietam, is that in Virginia? No, I think that might be in Maryland. I can't recall. There's a lot of Civil War battles. I, w- I never really got, like, Civil War education growing up on, like, oh, this specific battle is here. You talk about, like, the big ones. Like, okay, we all talk about Gettysburg. And, you know, Fort Sumter and the Appomattox Courthouse, also in Virginia. But, you know, I feel like there's a lot of Civil War heads out there who know, oh, this battle, this happened in this one. Oh, this this happened in this one. You know, this battle of Shiloh. I don't, I don't know what state that's in. Kentucky, maybe? Tennessee? Might be Tennessee. Uh, but you go out to the West, uh, which is, I've, I've been there a couple times, like Harrisonburg. Uh, it's really beautiful. There's some good hiking um, the, you're kind of on the edge of the Appalachians, uh, great smokies, you know, it's really nice. It's really pretty laid back, not good cell signal. And sometimes you want that. And then of course you, you, you finish it off in the DMV area, Washington, DC, um, been to, you know, like Arlington, Alexandria, many times, Washington, DC, uh, no interest in living there. God, is it crowded. Holy moly, there's a lot of people. Uh, a lot of culture. It's neat to visit, but man, is it expensive. Man, is it crowded. Zero interest. Terrible traffic. Uh, not my favorite place. I, I don't mind being there when I'm not paying for being there. Let's just put it that way. Also, it gets really hot. We didn't talk about that with North Carolina, but uh, it's kind of a given. Uh, with these past three states, Arizona, North Carolina, Virginia. Really hot. It's very muggy, very swampy in Virginia. Uh, Just, oof, always sweating. Okay, coming in, we got three more here, and they're all, we're all, we're finishing the last five states here in kind of a general mid-Atlantic-ish area. Um, So I guess I sort of think of them similarly, if you will. Yeah, three left. Okay, number 23, Tennessee. Tennessee is an interesting one. Got a lot of problems. I don't like Nashville. I recognize why people like Nashville, and it's just not my thing. Downtown Nashville, great party scene, millions of bars. I do like the live music aspect, but I'm just not like a country person. Grand Ole Opry. Uh, Nashville fans are a little irritating, specifically the Predators. Titans fans, I don't have as much of a beef with. But, you know, it's just kind of Nashville. Very hot, super crowded, not really public transportation, a lot of traffic. And I'm just not a cowboy. So, or a fake cowboy, if you will, because most of Nashville is fake cowboys. 
people from like Kentucky and Indiana who think that they're like cool Southern country. That those are the people who go to uh, to Nashville. You go west. You got Memphis, one of my all-time favorite cities. It's gritty. It's blue-collar, but the blues are alive and well. The Gibson's Donuts, the Mississippi River, the Bass Pro Shops Pyramid. It's a great place. I love it. Some good nature, some great green space in Memphis. Yeah, you got to pretty much drive everywhere. Bus system isn't great, but uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a great, it's all-American town. And then you go east. Uh, Knoxville is, is okay. A little bit more old school. That's where UTK is. Go Vols. And then Chattanooga. I was just talking to some people about Chattanooga, some family members about Chattanooga this past week. I think there were some misconceptions. Chattanooga is beautiful. Uh, right on the edge of the mountains. Kind of in the mountains, actually. Uh, great nature. Good combination of enough things to do, but also not being super crowded. Uh, just a really beautiful town. I love Chattanooga. Easy access to both Nashville to the west and Atlanta to the south. Or you just drive straight east, you're in the mountains. So I, I do like uh, Tennessee. It made it, I think, relatively high. What did we put it at? 23, Jordan's number. That's Tennessee. I wouldn't be opposed to living there. Wouldn't be my top choice, but I wouldn't be opposed. Probably a little too hot for me. Okay, we got two left. Number 22, my old stomping grounds, Maryland. I think it's pretty generous. Maryland, overall, solid, but man, there's some problems. So let's start with the obvious, Baltimore. It's where I lived. Baltimore is not a town where everyone gets murdered and everyone does drugs, you know, national perception, whatever. But it's a town where you're kind of surrounded by that. You got a lot of that in East Baltimore. You got a lot of that in West Baltimore. And then the rest of it is just some, like, either Hopkins people who are super rich or a lot of just, like, white bros who went to, you know, Maryland, Terps, uh, you know, people who commute to D.C. The thing I, I never really felt about Maryland was that it, or the, the thing I never experienced in Maryland is that people had, like, a strong, like, Maryland identity there. You got a little bit of that in Baltimore, but otherwise it was always like, Oh, we're like, we're from Philly and we moved here or like we're from DC and we want to get a little bit further away. It's just kind of like you're, you're at a crossroads and then you go to Western Maryland and man, is it weird? Uh, like kind of back to like the civil war battles kind of vibe really pretty at times, but people are just a little weird out there. And then you go to the eastern shore of Maryland, a couple beaches, Atlantic City, but it's pretty much like you just drive straight there, and the rest of it that you're driving through is just like farms and, and Trump people. Eastern Maryland is kind of a weird place. Same with southern Maryland. You can go, you know, people don't really realize, you can like go to D.C. and keep going southeast in Maryland, and it's just kind of like you're close to the water, but not really like beaches there. Kind of a weird place. Definitely in the South at that point. So Maryland, pros, cons. A lot of it is just suburbs, either of Baltimore or D.C., because they're only 35 miles apart. 
uh, I, I look. I didn't. I didn't hate my time in Maryland. I didn't love it. It uh, it it shaped me into who I am. But I don't know. I I think twenty two is is generous enough. Because if I'm not sitting here and saying like, oh gosh, yeah, man, I really liked it. Which honestly, I kind of said that about you know, I said that about like Connecticut, and Rhode Island for the most part. Um, I think tw- I think twenty two is fair. Baltimore is just a very unique identity, and I just didn't fit in with it. There's actually a couple different identities in, in Baltimore, and I I didn't feel part of any of them. I wasn't out of straight out of hairspray. I wasn't uh, a character in The Wire. I was just like a young guy making forty eight grand a year, working an entry level job at Hopkins, living like in a really beautiful neighborhood, but one where I also just like really didn't fit in. It's kind of weird. I don't really know how to explain it better than that. Our last state, number 21, close close to making it into the next tier, but just enough holding it back that I couldn't do it. No, uh, number 21 is Georgia. I like Georgia better than a lot of people, I think. Um, it's got a lot going for it. I love the the diversity of Georgia. Atlanta is a really cool, cool town. Um, yeah, it's hot. Traffic's bad. But there's also just a lot of, like, neat things going on. Great food in Atlanta. Good cultural scene. People are really passionate about sports in Georgia, which I love. Great fruit. Peaches, right? Uh, Jimmy Carter. Peanuts. A lot of things that start with P-E-A. Peachtree Road. There's, like, nine Peachtree Roads in Atlanta. And to be honest, there's there's a lot more of Atlanta that I or excuse me, a lot more of Georgia that I just never really spent a lot of time in. Warner Bros, Macon, Athens. Um, but I have been to Savannah. Savannah is exactly what you think it is. It's really hot, but it's kind of its own identity, kind of like Charleston, where um, it's not my thing. I wouldn't want to live there, but I understand the charm of it, kind of like parts of Baltimore. So Georgia is hot. But it's uh, it's less crazy than Florida. They're not as full of themselves as Alabama. It's not as just batshit crazy as South Carolina. And so it's just kind of a, a solid place. Things that, there's things I don't like. But I think I like more things about Georgia than I, I dislike things. Okay? That's why it came in at number 21. It was right on the edge. Uh, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. But... That's how I ranked it. Okay, so today we did number 31, New Jersey, 30, Iowa, 29, Connecticut, 28, Rhode Island, 27, Ohio, 26, Arizona, 25, North Carolina, 24, Virginia, 23, Tennessee, 22, Maryland, 21, Georgia. That's what I got for you. That's what we covered today on the Beantown Podcast. And (laughs) this is funny. This is a, a, uh, (laughs) I just checked my email and got a uh, spam email. Said it's from Square, which if you don't know, Square is one of those like payment software hardware companies that like coffee shops use to accept credit card payments, whatever. But it just says, negative feedback received from your customer. Oh dear, because we know I use Square to accept payments. Hi dear. It says, hi dear. I like that. You recently had negative feedback from a customer about the delay of their orders. Negative feedback could put your business at risk. Feedback reason, delay of goods or services. Well, 
Here's the thing. If you're waiting for a good podcast, you've been waiting for five and a half years, four and a half years, five and a half. I don't remember. Uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So this is four and a half. Year five. Numbers are hard. We require our users to deliver their goods within a week to meet with their customer, meet with their customer satisfaction. Good, good choice of words. Please take a moment to respond to this feedback now. We greatly, great, greatly appreciate your response. Thanks to Square Team. So let's click on the link to see like what crazy thing it takes me to. Alexand, Alexandra and Naftzer.org. And then it takes you to the big red screen, deceptive website warning. May try to trick you into doing something dangerous. Uh, yeah, let's. There's a certain point where your curiosity just goes from like, oh, yeah, let's see what it does. to just like, eh, not worth it. Um, so, yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting attempt there from Square. Guys, that's what I had for you. We are three weeks down, two to go on our 50 U.S. state power rankings. Next week, we're going to be getting into some cream of the crop, states that are really solid but didn't quite make the top like 9 or 10, which is reserved for uh, some really, really fun states. So we'll see. we still got some heavy hitters out there. Things like uh, Oregon, Alaska, Hawaii, or uh, Minnesota, New York, Maine, New Mexico. Where are those states going to fall? Nevada, right? It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. A lot of, lot of things, a lot of chips get to fall. My name is Quinn David Furness. This is my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. Let's get our outro music going here, everyone. I hope that you're staying cool wherever you are. I hope that you're staying safe, staying sane. My name is Quinn, and I will check in on you next time. Bye.